We are April and Scott, creators of NaughtyGym.com, and this is The Naughty Gym Show. For years, we've been fitness and nutrition coaches to thousands of people through our commercial gyms and online platform. We've also spent nearly a decade in an ever-evolving open relationship. This show brings together two of our biggest passions, fitness and sex positivity. Our mission is to maximize the physical and mental health of anyone brave enough to explore relationship structures that run counter to societal norms. We have demolished our old ways of thinking about relationships and from that rubble built a life full of happiness, adventure, and vitality. And now we want to help you do the same. So hop on the treadmill, start the show, and let us teach you how to never stop playing. This is the first of our two-part series reviewing our new annual event at Hedonism Resort called Be Better at Being Bad. In this episode, we'll look at the event from a more top-down view, reviewing the things that happened, the events, and all that transpired for the week. And in our second episode that we'll release in a little under two weeks, we're going to talk about things from a more personal nature, the way some of the events impacted us, our thoughts, and the way we felt as we went from day to day through the week in our newest event. And we hope that if any of this stuff is of interest or gets you excited, that you'll join us again for Be Better at Being Bad week two, which will be January 4th through the 11th in 2025. All right, well, we are at the end of our first ever takeover event at Hedonism Resort, and we are in our bed. Still here at the resort. It is the next day yeah. after everyone has left. Sunday the 14th. Sunday the 14th. Everybody, not everybody, there's a couple, couple still hanging around. If you know me, you know that at every event we ever do, I lose my voice. <clears throat> so I might be talking a little bit quieter for the next hour, but this is my party voice. So we're going to try and do a recap of the event uh, while we're still here and everything is fresh on our minds. Uh, but honestly, as we started trying to prep for this episode, even this close to the event it's all kind of a blur there was so much going on we've been here now i don't know 12 days or something yeah. and uh getting here 12 days ago seems like it was six months ago <laughs> um, but we're going to try and recap it and hopefully not get too bogged down in the details and boring but we do want to talk about how the event went yeah uh, our impressions and and the things that uh, we love most about the first ever be better at being bad week yeah, we actually, so this morning we just sat down with the staff um, and the management to kind of do, a, Hito staff. yeah, the Hito staff, to kind of do a recap of what went well, what should we change for next year, any ideas, what didn't go well. Um, and that was a really positive meeting this morning. They were very happy with the way things went. It was a very different week for them. They worked with us and stepped out of their comfort zone um, to kind of meet us in the middle with some of the things that we wanted to do. And they were really pleased with how it turned out. Yeah, there were some surprises through the week, some things that went phenomenally well, yeah. some things that had to be adjusted behind the scenes uh, uh, kind of quickly in the moment because, you know, anytime you have a first event like this, there's going to be little issues behind the scenes. Uh, and, and so some of those came up, and we don't think anything was really no, noticed, maybe bad. by the guests. But One of the most exciting things for me, though, is Hito asked us, 
if we would mind if they reached out to some of our presenters and speakers to possibly bring them back on their own. Um, and that to me speaks volumes because we had some fucking amazing, well, every one of our presenters, every one of our speakers, every one of our hosts was just um, amazing. And so the fact that Hedo recognized that it well as well was was really great. And they all got around, uh, got along so well. We yeah. had a final farewell steak dinner, uh, the second to last night, and there was just a lot of emotions and crying and hugging, and yeah. it felt like, you know, I know you with you and I growing up, we went to summer camps in mm -hmm. yeah. church, and it felt like when you were ending a summer camp. And you, not nearly as cool, though. <laughs> I mean, our summer camps our were summer not camps nearly were, as yeah. cool as this. <laughs> Uh, so we had a, it was a great team that we were able to put together for this and uh, the fact that and they, uh, yeah they, the team worked so well together you know when you get educators together who are like the top in their field I guess some of them can be arrogant or think they know it all I mean we had two people talk about nutrition very different ends of the spectrum but they were very complimentary to each other, very kind. And this is a group that just worked so well together. And their energy just spilled over into onto all of our attendees. Yeah, no hint of arrogance. Yeah, it was all they love just and were wonderful. So wonderful. And I hope Hito calls them and brings them all back. And yeah, I'm yeah. so excited for them. And because it went so well. We have been invited back for Be Better at Being Bad 2025. Yeah. That date will be January the 4th through the 11th. Um, and the second coming. The second coming, <laughs> yeah. We thought of that on the spot this year, and uh, that's going to be the tagline for next year. But uh, we did have meetings. Uh, we've had meetings today talking about things. We're going to adjust some changes for next year that will make things a little bit smoother a little bit uh, more clear as far as what's going on at any one time. Uh, and we had a debrief with our good friends uh, yeah. today. I guess we shouldn't mention their name yet, but yeah. you know they're not exactly out, but uh, kind of mentor, business partner type couple that we think the world of and our good friends. And we talked about some of the ideas that we had for next year. And if you think this year was fun, please yeah. come back next year because there's gonna be some really cool stuff that we get to do and add. And Also, so this year we sold over 200 rooms. A full takeover is 250 rooms. So there were some other people that were here. They weren't, they didn't know they were a part of our group until we greeted them in the lobby. And they were really excited to know that we had something going on that they could be a part of as well. Right, they weren't part of another group. There, yeah. were, there was no other group. They maybe group. just happened to book but didn't know something was going on. And yeah. so that was fun. And I think we got some new people into our community. Yeah, we sort of adopted them into the group. Yeah, but this year, there's already been over 15 bookings just yesterday for 2025. And I've gotten several messages today. So it's going to sell out this year. 250 rooms is going to be a full takeover. Um, and if you want to go, I suggest you get on that yeah. soon. All right. So we work for, we've been planning this for a little over a year. Uh, there's been a ton of work that went into it. It was at times exhausting. Yeah. of the event itself for us, even though we had a great team of about 32 people here helping us with the event, uh, which included host couples, entertainment people, and uh, the presenters. 
but you know, I'm not as tired. I'm, I feel a little like I've got a little bit of a cold today, but I feel good. You know, we we weren't as exhausted. We weren't as exhausted as we expected to be, and I think a lot of that was the energized feeling we had from making more new, incredible friendships through the week. Yeah, we don't feel depleted, and it is the we got to go to a lot of the speaking sessions and the workshops and stuff, and um, had. You know, almost every day we would try to sit down at breakfast or lunch with somebody that maybe we hadn't talked to before. And we just feel very full, very like we're overflowing with love and energy. And um, that's just because of the atmosphere that was here that uh, during the week. Yeah, the last day was tough. We, it was a lot of emotion, a lot of uh, thank yous and congratulations and that sort of thing. Uh, it was a tough day. <laughs> Uh, but it was a great day. All right. So what we're going to try to do now is just we're going to run through a kind of a day by day recap of the things that happened. Just talk about some stuff that stood out to us. But uh, we got here on Wednesday, three days before the event started right. to start prepping, have some uh, final meetings with the staff, make sure everybody was on the same page about things. And then uh, check-in day began on uh, Saturday, and it was utter chaos in the lobby. Everybody <laughs> shows up, and there were flight delays because of some weather issues, and we were there all day long. Yeah, but we set up, so we wanted to make sure that we greeted everybody as they got there. Um, and then we had our three of the four host couples were already there, and we had them every hour in the hour giving groups tours of the property because Hino Resort is a very big resort and so okay. for a second nah, okay there's parties going on outside our yeah. door okay so um it's a big resort so we wanted to make sure everybody knew what was going on on resort so they were doing tours and we were giving our everybody got a swag bag when they came um we got to really meet everybody there was a few that came in the next day because their flight yeah. got canceled or late. We it was didn't nice meet to be on day one, but to greet everybody. And the tours were important because, as it turns out, about fifty percent of the attendees in the event were first-time Hito yeah. guests. Yeah, many of them were uh, first-time ever any to type any lifestyle of, event. You know, it was something around twenty-five percent or so were had never been to any kind of lifestyle or non-monogamous. Yeah. And there was, the resort said in any given week, typically you'll have 15 to 20% people who have never been to Hito before. And our week was well over 50%. It was two, it was two or three times the number of new people. Yeah, so that up. was exciting to get, give them exposure. And the number one thing we heard was, this is not what I expected. It's way better. I people told me to expect this, and that wasn't the way it is at all. So it was it was refreshing to hear that which what is, we already knew. Which means our marketing was not very good. <laughs> they didn't know what to expect. So what if well, I mean, they had been told maybe by friends that had come five years ago, or you know, and so we got a chance to kind of prove um, how amazing Hito can be. Yeah. Uh, so that first day is always a little bit of a low-key day because people are coming in. A lot of times you get in from long travel day, you take naps, um, you're not really in the mood to party, but the party coming up cranked up pretty good that yeah. first night. We had a theme that night of Midsummer Night's Dream, and there was a big party around the main pool deck, lots of dancing, 
Um, Mickey from Casual Swingers was the DJ, and he fucking brought it. We got everybody saying how amazing the music was that night, and they were dancing their asses off. Yeah, so we did have uh, one little issue, and, and it was no fault of his, but one of the DJs that we uh, hired to come had a medical emergency. Yeah. And so that put us in a bit of scramble mode uh, on that first day, or the day, I think it was the day before the event started, trying to figure out exactly how we were going to get the DJ sets covered. And But Hito was great in supplying us with DJs. Um, we hired one We hired from one here. from outside. And, and then Mickey. And then Mickey. Yeah, the, man, the, what a tremendous an, job. Mickey and Mallory from Casual Swingers are just amazing people. Yeah. Amazing people. It's difficult to uh, overemphasize the amount of help we got from them. And that's not something that you would necessarily expect because they do their own week at Hito. Yeah, which, by the way, they're going um, Casual Swingers Week, March 30th through April 6th, and there's still room available to put. We are possibly coming back for that as well. Yeah, and if you want to spend a great week at Hito, they're going to be awesome. I can tell you their week will be awesome because they help make ours awesome. (laughs) um, And they did a nice little farewell for us at the nude pool on the second to last day, (laughs) which choked us up pretty yeah. bad but at any rate uh the, the the dance party that or the party that night got off got the event off to a great start and uh i know we turned in fairly early that night and got a good night's sleep i think at like one uh, i don't think it was that late but at any rate <laughs> we got a good night's sleep yeah night. we did the next day was the uh the first full day of the event and the first day of any scheduled uh educational sessions. Yeah, so we had Catherine and Miche from Expansive Connection. They are sex therapists and the keynote that they delivered was perfect since we had so many newbies on the resort. They talked about triggers and how to handle them if they come up because inevitably if you're in the lifestyle, it doesn't matter how long you've been there, you're going to get triggered at some point in some capacity and knowing how to navigate that in the moment or how to kind of self-regulate in the moment is super important to having a successful trip and they made themselves available the entire week um, and so there was some people that would seek them out and and be like hey you know my husband and i would love to chat with you we just had this experience can you help us and it, that was priceless to have yeah. them here we had our you know our first breakout sessions too that day we had a dirty talk session and which was with Ashley very, Manta, which yeah. was actually the first in, um, educational session of the entire week it happened before the keynote that day after that was over um, some of the upper level management came to us and said that well the one thing we were worried about is that doing educational sessions will not work at at Hedo because people are not going to pull themselves away from the activities, the pool, the beach, that sort of thing. And in that first event, we had 60 or no, 70 something people show yeah, up. Yeah, 78 people. Crammed into a room to learn about up how to, to do dirty talk. Dirty talk and communi- sexual communication. And throughout the rest of the day, all of the sessions were jam packed. In fact, one of them mm-hmm. uh, got close to 100 people in it. And it was, there was hardly room to get in there and get everybody seated. Yeah. But, uh, and so throughout the week, the sessions all were great. We think we averaged about 40 people per session. It sort of and, uh, yeah. faded down a bit. As Towards the, the end of the week, which happens, happens. Uh, but that was uh, that was also the night of the Jamaican carnival theme. Carnival theme. 
which was great because we get to go out on the beach and have yeah. a, um, a beachside dinner. It's all Jamaican-themed type food. And the food here, I think it's amazing. Yeah. You have, yeah, it's, it was just so good. So many different choices of protein and fresh vegetables and fruit and some authentic Jamaican cuisine. But there were 400-plus people all sitting out there with their feet in the sand on tables and uh, eating food and listening to some great music and a tremendous show. And then after that was over, there was a fire show on the beach yeah. uh, that lasted quite a while, actually. Yeah, about 30 minutes. Um, and uh, it was tremendous, lots of applause when that was over. And then there was a big party that night and, and that kind of wrapped up the first day. Yeah, yeah. And that's the typical pattern we had for most of the week, except for the very next day, which was very different than any typical day at Hedonism. Uh, it was our tailgate theme day, and that was the day we asked the most of the resort. Well, we asked this because you really thought Alabama was going to be the national championship. <laughs> I did not necessarily think that, but that happened. You to were be, hopeful. Yeah, right? I was you very hopeful. hopeful. That was the okay. night. That was the night of the college football national championships, yeah. and Alabama got one play <laughs> away from being in that game the week before, yeah. and uh, I can't describe how excited I was about the possibility of them playing while we were here and how devastated I was at our friend's house that night uh, when they mm -hmm. lost. But um, the idea for that was to set up in the courtyard. We're gonna have a big screen uh, out there with a projector and broadcast the game through the big speakers and have tailgate type food. So, and they did, yeah. Yeah, burgers and ribs and- Nachos and popcorn. Yeah, and, yeah. and they went all out. They decorated the courtyard in the colors of the two teams, yeah. Michigan, and Michigan and Washington, so there was Blue and yellow and purple and gold everywhere. They actually made custom cakes for each team. Yeah. One cake for each team with their logos and colors yeah. on it. The, they brought me a Michigan shirt to wear. <laughs> yeah. The, so Richard and Diane run the resort, and they're both big Michigan yeah. fans. And we had been uh, aggravating each other leading up to this because Michigan and Alabama had to play in the semifinals. And since they beat Alabama, uh, they saw fit to bring April a yeah. Michigan shirt. It was to cute wear. too, yeah. No, it was hideous. <laughs> uh, but so that went okay. But there's not a you know not everybody's a football fan, right? And so next year, if we do something like that, we're going to definitely have to spruce that up. Again. Well, the first half went okay, so nobody watched the second half of the game because. At halftime, they designed a custom halftime show for us, and it this was, was one of my favorite moments of the week. The big, I mean, people have been just—they lost their mind over it. They brought in a marching band, an adult marching band. Yeah, we not should clarify, it was not a high school marching band. <laughs> and we led in the marching band, and then the Hedo dancers did a like custom dance to the marching band, and it was so much I mean, fun. Yeah, like, it was like this high-tempo rock set that went for maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And, it was, and they had come to us and said, do you want to lead the band in? Nobody knew the band was coming. They were hiding around behind... Uh, near the tennis courts yeah, yeah. and we were like the fuck yeah we want to leave the band <laughs> in and uh and in the middle of all of that one of the highlights of my week is on the entertainment team i had kind of fallen a little bit in uh fatuation with one of the dancers and they put her in front of me so he got to dance with her <laughs> dancing up on me so you know that was if you know scott you know he loves to dance oh i'm a terrible dancer and then this super great dancer that I have a crush on is dancing on She's me. She's super cute. You did a good job. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was really fun. People, Nobody was expecting that. 
Um, but that day, I mean, earlier that day, I'm going to just give you an idea of some of the sessions that we had. So um, that was pickleball. We had so many people show up to learn how to play pickleball. People we talked and we had them. 10 paddles, so that was a little challenging. <laughs> uh, Carrie Gold did her pole dancing um, a class. class. Yeah. Luna Matata had a face-sitting class, which was fantastic because I love to sit on a face. <laughs> It's one of my favorite things, sitting on a face. Um, Kate Gordon, CrossFit Kate, did um, hers on Eat Better, Fuck Better. And then E, with uh, Ian Dragonfly, did um, Live Like a Human, Fuck Like a Beast. Um, Ashley did her hand job and blow job uh, workshop. And so was, and that was also the day of the fittest couple competition. So there was just so much to do. And I mean, there was nobody at the nude pool during those workshops like they cleared yeah, it, was, it out they uh, all wanted to go into well, let's talk about that fittest couple in the lifestyle competition because uh we it was actually a perfect number i think of people that competed in that there was a 500 hundred dollar cash prize up for grabs or a 750 dollar resort credit you would get the winning team get to pick right and a bunch of naughty gym swag and then we had sashes made that's the fittest couple in the lifestyle i, I think we had 11 or 12 teams initially sign up, but by the time they got ready for the competition, it was down to six. No, there was nine. nine. There was nine. Yeah. And uh, there was a there was a couple, a thruple of three women. Right. That had showed up all together, stayed in the same room. They're in a relationship together. Um, one of which owns a CrossFit gym, and the other two are really good CrossFit athletes. Mm-hmm. They Two of them entered it together. And then there were other couples that entered right. as well. And uh, they were at a bit of a disadvantage because um, some of parts of the event did not uh, set up well for them because of their height. They were shorter. Right. You know, so the competition was, it was a relay, partner relay. Partner one grabs a sandbag, runs about 100, 200 meters to the water, drops their sandbag, paddle boards about 200 meters, gets off the paddle board, comes back, picks up their sandbag, runs back to their partner who's standing by the pool and does 10 pool plunges where you jump in a pool, it's four feet deep, and then jump out. So you can't use the stairs. And that's not as easy as it sounds if you've ever tried to climb out of a pool without stairs. Uh, Well, try and do it fast (laughs) over and over. 10 times, right, while you're winded. And then on the 10th one, you tag your partner and your partner does the same thing. And it was the fastest team Wins. And what was awesome about this is we had, I don't know how many, there were a couple of hundred people outlining this pool and facing the competition. Yeah. And the last heat was the two fa- two of the fastest team, the, t- the two fastest team were in that heat. And it came down to that, the two girls from that throuple and yeah, another and a husband and wife and couple. a husband and wife couple. Who are also very fit. The two girl team was in a fairly sizable lead throughout the relay. Yeah. But at the end, the guy from the other team started closing the yeah. gap because he had he was, real long runner's legs. Yeah, and he was real tall, or not? Well, he, yeah, he's probably like six two, and it was much easier for him to jump in and out of the pool quicker. So he got to the pool about two reps behind her, and you could tell he kept closing the gap, closing the gap. And when the, the last rep happened, they came out of the pool, and it was, I, first of all, we, we weren't sure who won. But the entire place went bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we leaned on Kate Gordon, who's a CrossFit athlete and 
probably Cross. a good judge of. <laughs> yeah, she's been to a lot. She's been to the CrossFit Games. She coaches yeah. other CrossFit coaches. But it was a tenth of a second. Yeah. I mean, it was close. And so it was so exciting to watch that happen that way. That We were very lucky that it was that close, yeah. I guess, because yeah, it made it so fun. exciting. But that was a fun day. And they got their sashes in there. Uh, I think they decided to take the $750. They break. did, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that day was very different than the way they typically would structure a day. And the, the resort went out of their way to make it really special right. for the guests and, and really fun. Yeah. Uh, the next day was Glow Party Day. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, everybody's favorite days um, the um, in the keynote that day was something I was very interested to hear it was um, done by Ashley Manta who has just been a godsend for this event yeah. she not only was one of the first presenters to say yes to our offer but she helped us get other presenters as yeah well. she helped us connect oh gosh but she did a, a, a talk about sex in altered states huh. where you know you can She's an expert on the integration of sex and cannabis, but also very well versed in other psychedelics and, and things like that. So yeah. she did a great talk about how to manage that kind of thing. And that was fantastic because Hito actually has a store on property called Hito Wido where they sell cannabis and psilocybin. Yeah, and so we legal. knew people would be using that um, and we wanted them to be use it in a safe way. Yeah. And, and there were other... There were there were breakout sessions. There was a, a panel on uh, body positivity. Well, body image. Yeah, it was a body image panel. Not necessarily body positivity. Sometimes it's just body neutrality. Like, um, but every one of our speakers were on that panel, and we're all different shapes and sizes, and we're all right. at different places in our lives. And but there were a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. Story. Yeah. So that was really really good. Um, Ignite his flame with dragonfly. Um, that was a, we did Ignite Her Flame. We didn't do Ignite His Flame, but mm -hmm. I can only imagine how good Ignite His Flame was yeah, because, because I had two orgasms in a Ignite Her Flame. <laughs> yeah, you look like you had a seizure. Uh, <laughs> and we, uh, so, but she had to turn people away because they had no more rooms. Yeah, they have a, they have a building on, at Hito called the Kama Sutra Palace. It's a fairly large building. Yeah. I would say that internal room is about somewhere between two and three thousand square feet and there was beds all throughout and there just wasn't any room left for yeah else. one couple per bed yeah. yeah and so it was a great and again we can't emphasize it this is something that would, it would interest you please come back these weren't just half-assed educational sessions this was some of the best sexual health wellness and performance information uh, you're going to ever yeah. get these these people were incredible uh, the the glow party that night was that's we, always my favorite night. We paid some extra money to have them uh, work with a company outside Bring the resort. Bring in extra lights. Bring, and yeah, stuff. lights and big screens and our logos were up and the mm -hmm. lights were going and everybody had glow blinky things on. Yeah, and then we also had the this big igloo, inflatable igloo, oh, yeah. um, where they had like a silent disco. And so there's another DJ under there and people can go in there and it was all glowed had, up. And, and I think you had two choices. Like you picked one color headphones and put it with, on it was a certain type of music. Right. The other color headphones was playing a different, yeah, and different it's so type. Fun. If you've never seen a silent disco, it's just so fun to watch people dancing and you can't hear anything. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was a great night. That party was probably the wildest party of yeah. the week. And it was, uh, there was a lot of people around that pool deck dancing and having fun. That was not an early night. That was no. like a 3 a.m. Yeah, we were up late night. that night. Yeah, we were up late. Uh, the next day was uh, 
fetish night or BDSM and fetish Another night. Another favorite, yeah. And the keynote address that day was done by Luna Matadas, mm-hmm. who is a uh, phenomenal educator in the BDSM and kink space. And, and she's different in that most of the people in that space who are educators have this sort of dark persona. Um, and they, well, they, maybe they, I don't know that, yeah, they can feel, it can feel scary. Yeah, it's like dungeony, black leather, everything. And Luna is more of a big ball of color. Oh, God, when she just smiles. bright and shiny. I mean, she's, she just oozes love. <laughs> like, she's not kindness. Wearing, and, not, not that we have something against But she's not leather. in, like, black leather and All the time. whips and chains and stuff like that. Although I'm sure she has that but, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she's just this bubbly personality that takes um, this concept of power exchange and, and, and impact play and makes it seem more user-friendly. Yeah. In fact, she flogged me. Her and one of our hosts, Matt, flogged me, teamed up and flogged me in the disco that night. And it was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, so, and that's also the night of the uh, uh, BDSM or fetish show that Hito does that is so good. It's most everybody's favorite yeah. show that night because, I mean, they just get really erotic on stage. Yeah. And we took that day, so we had two catamaran cruises scheduled for that day, one at 10.30 a.m. and then one at 3 p.m. So the catamaran fit 90 people, and it would take them. They they didn't stop at Rick's Cafe, but they went past Rick's Cafe to these caves where people could snorkel in the caves. And they had some food on the catamaran and drinks, Um, but those were free for all of our attendees. And we decided not to go because we wanted to kind of take that day to be low-key. So we actually went off uh, property and had a nice lunch. Yeah, um, a place called Ivan's. Yeah. Uh, it's a res- restaurant that everybody recommends that you go to. It's fairly near the resort and yeah. wonderful food and an incredible view, uh, which we ended up going back to at night, last night, yeah. with our good friends yeah. watch and the uh, watched the sunset. It was just, it's a picturesque place. If you're ever here, make sure you go to Ivan's. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was Wednesday. We got a little rest, decompressed a little bit, but everybody else said the same thing. They loved the catamaran because it kind of gave them a chance. If they wanted to, they could party. If they didn't, they could kind of relax and rest and take in the view because it was, ah, this place is just gorgeous. The, the ocean here is so beautiful. Well, and that second catamaran cruise, I think it was, a, no, it was the first catamaran cruise. We were getting reports back pretty quickly that there was a lot of sex happening up yeah. on the front part of that catamaran. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the second one, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was included for the guests, and so it was a, a great a great time for them to get away the, from the resort and see something a little bit different. Than, yeah, and again, that's a that's one of the things that they the resort worked with us on because their typical catamaran days are Tuesdays and Thursdays, so they were very gracious in helping us figure out how to do it on a Wednesday because yeah. we didn't want people leaving on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We had a really full schedule those days. Yeah, they, instead of doing one on Tuesday, one on Thursday, they just took them both and put them on yeah. Wednesday for us. All right, day. What are we on? Six now? This was seven deadly sins. This day ended up having some logistical problems towards the end, and uh, mostly our fault uh, for the the way we had things set up. Maybe not all our (laughs) fault, yeah. Uh, But the idea here was to create a theme night where you were dressing as one of the seven deadly sins or whatever your interpretation of that is lust and greed and envy and all those things. And there were some great costumes that night. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
the uh, Dragonfly did the keynote that day, and she did a fantastic job. Uh, Dragonfly was a huge hit with everybody because all of I think all of her sessions were real hands on, and so people got uh, a, a hands on experience with all of the educational sessions she was running. She did a great keynote, and she stepped in to do that keynote at the last minute. Uh, because we needed her to, because we ended up deciding not to do the keynote. Right. But yeah, uh, I my voice actually sounds better today, but on Friday I it was totally gone. I had no voice. Yeah, April makes it about two or three days into one of these events. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> well, that night the the. That there was a little interruption in the way in the flow of the way we thought we were going to have the parties uh, because we made an assumption that turned out to not be correct. But I don't think the guests really noticed yeah, no, anything they about notice. it because uh, there was still a lot of partying going on. And well, that night we're aware that the things that we stress about most people aren't going to, so we don't stress a lot about it. <laughs> we'll let it. We'll kind of process. Okay, it is what it is. The party goes on, and most people had no idea. And that was the night that for the first time in quite a while for me and you, uh, we played with somebody other than one of our closest friends. Yeah, yeah. And, we had a really uh, good time. We had a little six-way connection yeah. with two incredibly hot and brilliant couples. Super brilliant. Yeah. It, well, and the playroom is such a sexy space here because if they turn the spa which has these cold plunge pools in it and just a really calm and serene atmosphere into the playroom at night. They put all mattresses down and then they've got a dungeon room and then they've got the showers. And um, so we got to, we had actually had sex already in the playroom, just you and I right, yeah, earlier right, in the right, week yeah. um, under the stars. And that's amazing when like, I feel like I should be making eye contact with you, but I actually just want to look at the stars while you're fucking me, <laughs> but it's so beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, we had a really nice play session um, with these other two couples um, in the playroom. One thing that, um, and this might be um, not a popular opinion, but my opinion is if you have not already um, previously discussed boundaries or rules or something like that with a couple, you don't have any business going in the playroom. <laughs> like maybe you want to walk around, but we had four different people come up to us in the middle of our play session asking if they could join in Who people we, we never talked to had never talked to about play or and that's a little unnerving to me like i feel like if i wanted to play with you i would have previously discussed it with you but i certainly don't want to have a play session with somebody that a i don't know and b you don't know what I like, what my boundaries are. It feels very unsafe. Well, and it also sort of breaks you out of the moment. Like, I right. know the very first time it happened in that session, uh, I was the one that had to, they said they happened to sit down right next to the pile of our bodies yeah. and ask something, but they also didn't, uh, they were, they had an accent. English was not their first language. Right. And so I had trouble understanding them. So I have to stop what I'm doing. Yeah. And the girl that I was with at that moment also then had to stop. Right. And we had to figure out what they were asking. And then I realized they're asking if they could join. Right. And we said, no, we're, we're all just keeping, yeah. you know, to, Well, and here's group. the thing. In the culture where women are learning to use their voice, I can see 
this happening. Somebody goes in there and they sit down with a couple and they're like, do you mind if I join you? And the husband is kind of excited, like, yeah, that's kind of exciting. And the wife, not wanting to do it, says yes in the moment. Meaning, but she doesn't really want to because she's not had time to really process. She's not had time to talk to her husband. She's not, but she doesn't want to say no. For somebody who's a people pleaser, that can be a very dangerous situation. Like, don't do it. And we've, we heard that from that's probably common in every playroom everywhere, but stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, if it's, if you're at a party and that's sort of an agreed upon principle prior to the party starting, maybe that's different, but you know, walking up to just complete strangers and saying, hey, can I jump in there? It's, it makes it, it because it's such an emotional uh, thing that you're trying to walk into it makes it harder for people to make rational decisions one of the reasons we typically tell people don't change the rules in the middle of a play session right. if you've had that pre-play yeah. conversation here's what i'm comfortable with here's what i'm not comfortable with don't change in the middle of it because mm -hmm. you you increase the chances of doing something that you'll regret right um and and that's the same kind of issue here with people coming up and it happened i think we were in there for maybe an hour hour and a half yeah and it happened four times and we didn't know any of them. It was just a weird situation. And, and our recommendation for people is to just not do that. Make sure you've got somebody. All right. Shoot no. your shot during the day yeah. when you can have a conversation. Yeah. But the, the playroom was hopping that night. There were bodies everywhere. It was, and, yeah, uh, it was packed. It was, it was a really erotic environment to be a part of. So yeah, we yeah. had a blast. And we like playrooms. That's why we go there because it is a sexy environment. But it also needs to be a safe environment. Yeah. All right, so then we get to the last day. Uh, the last day was a, the, a, a special day. Yeah. Because we had, it was going to be called the Red Ball. That was the theme of the day. Yeah. Uh, Hito has a foundation that they use to help. Uh, they do a lot of work with local school children. Mm -hmm. They also use it to help their employees out when their employees may fall on hard times that you know they can't help. Yeah. And we've heard of them using it for uh, like an employee's house burned down and things like that. And we had the idea a year ago to do some sort of event that would function as a fundraiser for the Hedo Foundation. Yeah. And the Red Ball was our interpretation or, or idea to kind of help that. And yeah. what we wanted to do was turn the resort into all red that night and uh, have everybody dress in all red. It didn't matter what they wore, just dress in something red and uh, encourage people to donate. We made it easy to do through QR codes mm -hmm. and a red donation box and just encourage them to give money. And they actually, people did really well. We raised quite a bit of money for the foundation. Yeah, we, did. Uh, we learned ways that we're gonna do that better next year mm -hmm. to keep it more front and center and easy for people to make the donation. Uh, but we're proud of being able to do that and we can't wait to be able to do it better uh, next year. But it was also a very emotional day yeah. for us throughout the day because <laughs> people kept coming up to us and thanking us for the week and you know I, I know sometimes we get in, caught up in the middle of an emotional thing like this and we may have stronger opinions that day than we do two weeks away yeah. from it but people were telling us this is the best getting, we've been getting messages throughout today even best vacation of my life it's changed my life I've made friends for life new friends Yeah. Um, and that part had us both kind of emotional and then um, Mickey yeah. and Mallory did a really cool thing at the nude pool that day. Uh, once we got there, finally, we were busy and it took us a while to get over to that party, but um, 
they had a lot of the host couples and people get champagne bottles and stand around. Now, apparently, this is something they've done before. Yeah. Like said, it's kind of a keto tradition, but uh, they stood around the pool, champagne bottles in hand, and they called it the money shot farewell <laughs> or something like that. And but really soaked us in champagne. <laughs> yeah, but Maggie said some really kind things about yeah, us, and yeah. they just get up and stand in front of everybody and while he talked. And then at the end, they shook the champagne bottles up and sprayed it all over everybody <laughs> in the pool, and everybody was going crazy. So uh, it was a really cool way to you know yeah, taste things. Yeah, so. we just met. I wish we had. Uh, more time and next year we've kind of talked about how we can do that because we really did have a lot of time to connect with people as far as have conversations and stuff like that next year we want to do that even more Um, we spent very little time in our room I mean we every meal we were trying some meals we didn't get a chance to sit down and eat we were kind of eating on the run (laughs) uh, because we wanted to get to the workshops and stuff like that but we just heard some amazing stories some made some really cool friendships and yeah and we didn't um, even talk about it the early part of the week the real emotional thing that we did was that mimosas with april shots for scott uh, we segregated the genders you know all the guys went uh, with me and all the girls with you and combined there was about a hundred people that participated in that yeah you just we sat around and kind of in small groups we divided the men were into two groups of about 15 or so 17 each and y'all had multiple groups well, the biggest thing we heard all week was, I hate I miss mimosas with April and shots with Scott. We need to do a better job, and we will do a better job next year of describing in the app what exactly that was, because people were like, I didn't want to take shots at one yeah, in the afternoon. Really it, but it really had nothing to do with drinking. It was just some people need a little liquid courage sometimes. But it more for the women was about forging a sisterhood and showing up for other women in your life. Um, and fostering friendships with other women because I value the women that I have in my life now. I spent uh, probably 20 years between high school and the time I found non-monogamy really searching for my girl tribe and I was it was really frustrating because I couldn't find it. And when I we got into non-monogamy and we started making connections with these women in the lifestyle, I was like, fuck, this is it. This is what I've been searching for. Women who can show up for me and I can show up for them in such an authentic way where we can cut through all the bullshit and the competition and the judgment. You know, there's none of that. It's just, I see you and I want to be your friend and I want to support you and I love you. And I have that. I do have that with my best friend, Gina, um, who's not in the lifestyle, but just taught me what I should look for in a friendship. And I think that's a rare thing. We've talked about my friendship with her. That's a rare thing. Most women go through their entire life and never have a friend like that. And I want that. I desire that for other women. I want other women to experience that type of friendship where another woman just shows up for you. Well, Um, just a a fantastic example of that was on the the last night uh, after dinner, Kate and Greg, Kate Gordon, and her fiance Greg, who have that podcast Gone Rogue, and yeah. you know they they do a lot of the same kind of things that we do—the intersection of fitness and health and sex. Yeah. And I guess you just always assume people are surrounded by other people that are like them, but yeah. they asked us if they could just stay in touch on a f- periodic basis because they don't really have other people to talk to, because like us, 
you know, they've had to kind of keep it quiet some. Yeah. And it's not easy to have somebody that you can trust and lean on to have those conversations. So we, we all agreed we're going to yeah. stay in touch. And, and those are the types of things that you value so much coming out of an event like this. Because we got to know some people really well over a short period of time and you form lasting friendships. Yeah. And that is not easy to do in the regular world. It right. Like. It's not. Yeah, it's very difficult. So we're going to do two of those next year because there was just, we had, I think, uh, a little over 40 in the women's. We had a split into some smaller groups and then the men had probably... A little less than the women, but still a big group. Yeah. Yeah. But you had men that were crying. I mean, like, just an emotional, it was like a band of brothers. Yeah, it feels really good. When you hear conversations like that and confessions and insecurities and worries... You realize we're all just alike. We all think the same way, just about. Yeah. And yeah. you know, once you once that happens, you, you feel a lot more empathy for those people, and they become friends quicker. You can help each other, and man, the closeness throughout this group for the entire week just seemed unparalleled. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was difficult to say goodbye to everybody on the last day. Yeah. In fact, we kind of cut out a little bit early because we were getting a little overwhelmed. With <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only so many times you can say thank you, we really appreciate it, before you start feeling like, am I sounding disingenuous? Because right. I've said it a thousand times in the last two hours. Yeah. We have so much gratitude for our presenters and our hosts and for every one of the people who just showed up and came. Like, there were so many times where we were like, are we, people are going to come because of us. Like, yeah. we're just dorks beat it nerd <laughs> one of our friends here will recognize that the fun yeah, humor about and, that statement and so we just felt honored and overwhelmed and so thankful um for everybody for just yeah, I mean, coming just two and, regular people from alabama and to have inc- i mean incredible people show up for an event that we put on is humbling and you know we're going to be appreciative of it for a long time but we're excited because <laughs> yeah. we get to do this again in a year and we really hope that you will uh, come party with us learn uh, grow and make new friends and uh, we'll do it january 4th through the 11th next year yeah you can book now at www.hedonism.com all booking goes straight through hedo it just takes a little load off of us um we'll get our website updated here shortly for 2025 we've got other events coming up we haven't finalized any of them yet, uh, but we're in the middle of a great turning point in our life. It looks like in about two or three weeks, we're gonna be finalizing the sale of our commercial gym, uh, which will be will take such a huge workload off of us and allow us to do more meet and greets and parties and events and adventure trips and all these ideas that we've had kind of in our bank of ideas, yeah. but we've never had the bandwidth to pull them out. So all of the new stuff is coming. Anything else, baby? So, I don't know. We've got a lot. I feel like we skipped so much because there was just so much packed we, into seven there's days. So, yeah, there's so much details we could talk about, but it can probably get boring for everybody to listen to yeah. how many times I went to the bathroom and all this kind of thing. Oh, you did go to the bathroom a lot. But uh, we're going we're gonna to get off tonight and go have a little steak dinner and relax. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. And oh, and please like, follow, subscribe, all that fun (laughs) stuff because it really helps get the word out about what we're doing. See you next time, guys. Bye.